Hey, it's Mel from Rap Rankings. To hear the full episode this clip comes from, as well as the other Patreon-exclusive content, head over to patreon.com slash rap rankings. And please, if possible, consider giving us five stars on whichever podcast platform you're listening on to help us continue our journey as hip-hop's first and premier extreme podcast. Track one, Keep the Family Close, produced by Manish, I believe that was pronounced. Eight minus. Flat eight. Wow. Okay. I'm shocked, folks, because this has never been a song that Mules has particularly cared about. <laughs> like, and now he likes no, this I, thing more the, than me? The first time I heard it, I gave it a six, maybe a six plus. Right. Yeah, this this was a song when the album came out, I pressed play on it. I got this like very dramatic vibe, but the music was almost something that like I'd expect to open up an Adele album, not a Drake album. Right. And for me up until this point, the only knockout intro he's had is legend. Bro. Look, okay. First of all, yes. <laughs> I mean, it's my take that he's never missed on an intro. Um, I know you probably, what did I give Tuscan leather? I'm pretty sure off memory. Let me check. I think you gave it. Did I give it a a flat seven? Something. I think it's seven. But uh, let me see. Seven minus seven plus. You gave it a seven minus. Okay. So I don't really like fireworks. I don't really like over my dead body. I like Tuscan leather, but I'm not crazy about it. I'm a big fan of legend. And then this. It's different than like over my dead body and fireworks and whatnot but it wasn't what i was expecting and i wasn't really into it at the time i've always liked it even though it's always been one of my least played intros from him because it's it's like the drama of it all it's a bit much out of context like i'm probably not going to listen to it unless i'm sitting down to listen to views with that said i think it's underrated you know his best to me my favorite is legend you know, I like survival. That's controversial, I guess. But I play that more than this. Champagne poetry. That's the new Tuscan weather, okay? The real ones, no. But this is there. Oh, with I fuck like, with champagne poetry. That might be... I did the I did the first listen on that one. But, like, that legend and this, for me, are, like, his really good intros. Word. Yeah, I mean, I like them all, you know. But uh, this is probably there with, like, I don't know, free smoke and deep pockets. It's like, they're good, but I don't really play them oh, much. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't I put this higher than those for sure. But I didn't initially, right? So what's going on? And this was like a this week decision. This isn't a song that grew on me over time. It's always been a skip. Okay. What happened with Keep the Family Close? I got like um, all right, so there's there's a couple things. First of all, I got emotionally invested in it which I've never been. I've always been on the outside looking in of this record. Okay. I found myself getting like, you know, a little choked up listening to this one at points. And I think my priorities in some ways have shifted as I get older. And, you know, like I, I'm trying in different ways to try to see the beauty in some things. Right. Like okay. stuff I might not have gone up for before 
because I considered it like boring hits me in a different way now because I'm appreciating the beauty of it. And some things are beautiful, like this music, for example. This is very sumptuous, dramatic, like, you know, kind of this like woozy sounding orchestral arrangement. Like I said, not what I'd expect to open up like a rap album. This sounds more like some Adele shit, you know, but those like stabs in there, like, brum, 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 we never heard You're something so predictable. Quite... I hate people like oh, you. Oh, listen, listen, listen. The closest thing we probably got to this prior to was like over. And we know how he feels about that record. Uh, yeah, but listen. Yeah. This this like his delivery is hitting me in a way now where I'm relating to parts of it even though certain things don't fully line up, right? It's like that line in the song about with my dad out in Tennessee is where I belong. One of my out most quoted LA, Drake I don't know lines. what's going on. It's just, you know, I, my dad doesn't live out in Tennessee. He's in New York, right. you know, but there have been times I'd say since this song was released where I've had some shaky moments where I didn't know if I'm going to make it out here, you know, <laughs> and there's times where I look around. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Bro, I quote that shit probably like monthly. Out here in so LA, I that, don't know what's going on. That <laughs> hits just, me in a, in a yeah. way because, you know, I'm living away from my family out here. Yeah. You know, my whole family's back out east, basically. So I I got something like, whereas when this album came out, I had only even lived out here for like a year and a half. You know, so it's hitting me in different ways that it didn't before. And I'm finding the beauty in the music to be pretty breathtaking, honestly. Like, the music is very strong here. I mean, I don't know what it is. It's not rap, obviously. It's not a rap song. There's definitely some rap cadences that are being sung. Um, And then there's, like, what I call, like, postmodernist Drake, where you open up the song, Always Saw You For What You Could Have Been. Ever oh, since you met me, ever since like when Chrysler me, made like that one Chrysler car, made that, that, one just car like the that looked just like the Bentley. I... <laughs> Finally, we here. I get to talk about that one. Real rap heads already know. Okay, you know I've been waiting on this. Okay, you know I love that three hundred CY. Okay, but and for every line, like I always saw for you for what you could have been, which is such like a Drake. It's as like, they say, Drake petty GPT Drake ass line. Yeah, petty Drake, but. You know, when I hear, even when it's business with you is personal again, I'm like, okay, like anything that might lose me in this song, I'm immediately brought back. If not from the music, then like the next line is going to hit me in that way. Right. I follow. Yeah. So even though it doesn't a hundred percent line up to my experiences and, you know, anything in this song that's about like a girl being like unfaithful or just not really there for you when you needed her that part of it i can't relate to but like the family aspects of it the just like you know kind of you know the the criticism of drake is that he stopped aging at a point and he's like stuck in this permanent if not adolescence then you know mid-20s when he blew up yeah and 
that's when, in my mind, I stopped being able to relate to him as much in his music because I felt like I outgrew him, whereas he's still tapped into a lot of my emotions from years earlier. This is actually a song, though, where I think it turns out I wasn't tapped in enough when it came out. Like, I wasn't, you know, maybe because of the life that he's lived and the experiences he's had, everything's moving so much faster for him. So it took longer for me to catch up to some of the things that he's saying. But this is a rare Drake song. You know, Drake songs typically kind of get played out for me. And I don't think his music has the best replayability across the catalog. But this is a rare instance where the song actually went up for me. And I find it musically beautiful and emotionally arresting, just the music itself. And I found a lot of what Drake is doing is, you know, pretty emotionally resonant as well. So uh, flat eight, actually. My biggest shocker of the whole review. <laughs> there are songs in his catalog where I find I come back to them years later and lines mean more to me than they did previously. This actually isn't one of those songs. This is a song where everything I connected to in 2016, I, I still call that the to. Fonte effect, by the way. Okay. Because I always liked Little Brother and Fonte, but as you get older and you start to experience the struggles that he's describing in a lot of these songs, you know, especially the ones about just being a kind of blue collar working man, the good fight, you know, trying to make ends meet, trying to take care of your family, shit like that, that those lines hit so much more when you're living it as opposed to, oh, this guy's living it. And I feel like he's expressing it really well when I'm younger. Yeah, this is one. And I can relate to some of the frustration and disappointment and anger but I can't really say I relate to the experiences themselves until I get some more life under my belt. I mean, at this point, you know, at almost 30 years old now, you too will start to hear things differently. (laughs) I already have, but I mean, this hasn't happened for me because I've always been tapped in with this song. And the truth is he hasn't really progressed beyond this content. So I've been getting the same thing ever since 2016. I mean, we we touched on it, but like the things that have never all the way connected with me, and we've talked about this in other Drake reviews, like this perpetually wronged, like never at fault side of him. It's anti-accountability Aubrey, you know, like it gets overbearing. It's like, you know, my, my let's just be friends aren't friends anymore. How do you not check on me when things go wrong? I can't depend on you anymore. You're supposed to put your pride aside and ride for me. You chose a side that wasn't mine. It's like, okay, bro. That stuff, like you said, it's the girls that that doesn't all the way connect with me. But it's like that line about out here in L.A. I don't know what's going on. It's just feeling lost in the world. You know, it doesn't have to yep. literally be L.A., whatever your L.A. is, you know. Um, and I like that Chrysler line because, yeah, it's petty Drake. But the good petty Drake is when he, it feels deserved. Like he's not just like being but like a spicy baby what, man about things. This is what I like about it and why I called it postmodern is like, this is a very classical, almost like Frank Sinatra sounding piece of music. Uh-huh. And he's talking about very modern things on it, right? <laughs> right? And it's like, you know, subverting that sort of classic vocal jazz standard meets R&B sort of thing that he's doing on here by, you know, draking it up to an extent, which if he didn't, 
then he's just doing, uh, what is it, Drift? We don't need to play Drift, yeah. The Melvin Burch record Drift. Look it up, folks, on YouTube. I like Drift. Snippet. It's like fine. It. It's fine, but like, yeah. But it's 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 perfectly boring and like old school. I and- think you got to type D-R-F-T because it was like, you know, coded. Yeah, look up Drift on YouTube. Anyway, um, I feel you, and that's why it's an eight minus for me because – I love Drake for a lot of this, what you would deem postmodernist. It's what make Drake what makes Drake Drake. But in this song, like in theory, I should be where you are, like a flat eight. But there's mm-hmm. clunk, like you talked about. Oh, Not every line uh, hits. Ratchet Happy Birthday. That's a perfect example of like postmodernist Drake because you know we have Happy Birthday from down to the classic Happy Birthday to you, Happy Birthday to you, to the Beatles, to Stevie Wonder, Happy Birthday. So if Drake's going to do a birthday song, he's got to Drake it up. Girls with fat asses, you know? And it's why we love him, but it's also why it feels like he never reaches that timeless level. You know? The Drake of it all is what we love about him, but at the same time, it's what keeps him from that upper pantheon. It makes the timelessness, you know, uh, puts it in question, even though, again, like, I find it's very Taylor Swift, actually. Yeah, as well. Like the way she writes a lot of times, like I'll love a song, but she'll just have one line on the song that I'm like, I feel like this one line's keeping this song from being one of the greatest pop songs ever made. <laughs> right. The, the the eye roller, you know, I mean, for me, Antihero, which is one of her best singles and now one of, if not her biggest, longest running, uh, the sexy baby line is like, eh. I feel like that line is holding the song back from being one of the great pop songs of all time. What did Drake say? Uh, yeah, the things I can't change are the reason you love me. You know, like that line, just I feel differently about it now. It was always kind of like a, a standout line because of how it can be interpreted, but it's kind of what we're talking about right now. It's like, it's why we love him, but he also can't seem to break out of it, and it's why it, he's kind of, you know, kneecapped a bit. But this music... Like the the gravitas of it hurt and helps. Yes. It it hurts musically. I'll say this because the rest of the album isn't like this. Neither is much else in his catalog. Right. Um, God, and when he, the whole album is like this, it was like a big like jazz band, orchestral sort of feel, yeah. Drake in Vegas sort of vibe to it. Right. You know. I mean, it just. I, I love this music, but like it hurts in the kind like we talk about it doesn't really mm-hmm. fit in with the rest of the album or really his catalog. And it's this problem where, you know, he doesn't meet the moment of the drama with those clunky lines. And it ends up making the drama sound cheesy when he has like the bad lines. When he's nailing the lines, I get goosebumps listening to this song. Like on the contrary, though, like all of the space and like orchestral bigness can make the, the bad lines sound better. You feel you me? Know like you were talking about the manish, like yeah. I don't know if that's. I love it. I don't know if that's like some sort of industrial sounding glitch sound, or if he's going for something like you know a big orchestra. But it's almost like Adele meets Jesus in a moment like wow. that. I, I I can see that. Yeah. Okay. You know, so again, you're adding something modern into this kind of classic sound. Right. Yeah, it's just for every line that like really connects with me, 
there's like something like I knew you before you made ends meet and now we're meeting our end, which the content doesn't bother me. It's the, it's the structure of that. You know what? This album to me is the beginning of this like conscientiously caption thinking Drake. Like it's, you know, he just had a yeah. recently. I he remember on the Instagram. moment it all began. I remember when he wore that ridiculous outfit for the no new friends video. You know, he was in like yeah. the Pelly Pelly jersey and like the big Timberland boots and shit. Yeah, and, and that was, so became goofy. a meme. And he noticed it became a meme and was like, huh, okay, I could do this every day. Yeah. He leaned and that into was the it. Be- I remember the day he wore that shit because nothing was the same afterwards. <laughs> wow. That was the moment the memery kicked in with it. So they like the meme thing. Yeah, oh, you know, and I should dress as stupid as possible. You know, it's, it's it's been hit or miss for me. Some of these like caption conscious Whoa, let me bars, get Steve Cold shirts, Steve Cold Austin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, bro, this, two days ago, caption on Instagram. I know you love singing that song. If it's up, then it's stuck. But I wonder if it hits the same when I'm up and you're stuck. I'm like, boo! Like that's good and you got people like oh caption king i'm like no this is bad writing this isn't why he's one of my favorite writers this is him leaning into this nonsense like you know so it's like it's not even the content it's just like you just flipping the meaning or like the 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 arrangement of what you just said is not clever okay when you when you do your food man runs do you feel like you're fooding and serving them all though that's another topic that line in this song i'm fooding and serving them all like i'm working minimum wage first of all fooding is not a verb but he has this thing about like shaming the pores you know (laughs) and it's like think about there's a song broke boys middle of the ocean yeah it's a rich life about it are often rich you know right i mean every rapper shames pores indirectly or not but it's like he goes like remember the benny hana line and omer's like benny hana's pigeon food he had like that awkward speech at the grammys about like you know people spend their hard earned money to go out and see you and it's like the way he spoke it was like yeah these pores like so (laughs) you know like you gotta i don't think he's like intentionally trying to do that it's in the same vein as like the simplistic beauty that all of those Southerners have, you know, it's like, uh, it comes off like you, that needed a rewrite. I know what you're trying to say, but yeah, it's that. Another thing I point in this song, it's kind of similar. Verse three, you sit and you pray, hoping the stars align. My luck is a sure thing. Cause I'm living right. I don't know if you've noticed. He has a lot of weird lines like that, where it's like, I'm a good person. And that's always a red flag, massive. My funeral going to be lit. Cause how I treated people. Um, was that keeper? God is okay with me. Uh, it was this on pure mind and pure soul. I possess, he knows he has a lot of lines like that where it's like, bro, you're trying to convince us or yourself, dude, right? You know, <laughs> what happened if there's a hell below and we're all gonna go? What happened to that sample? You know, know, now what it's happened, like you and God are just me and you never get a reply for it. <laughs> He's on his like, Jesus is my homeboy talking. It's like, first of all, you know, where's his drop? <laughs> okay, I gotta hit it. Because, uh, yeah, um, there's this. By the way, I'm Jewish. And then there's also, like, listen, I- I've known a lot but this of, this like, is also the beginning of Drake is also Muslim. He's Buddhist. He's... He's all of it. Atheist. He's Catholic, Christian. He is in this mode of, I'm trying to mean everything to everyone. And to me, this was also the moment where Drake officially started trying to serve too many masters. You go yeah. from 
having the R&B shit and the rap shit, then you find a way to fuse it on Nothing Was the Same. You expand the rap toolkit to something a little more contemporary and in line with, you know, the other popular music of the day. So he kind of gets into this, like, mafioso trap shit that didn't really exist prior. And then, you know, that's almost like, all right, we're we're at capacity here in terms of stylistic innovation. He's like, nope, we're not. We're going to add a few more things to the pot. And the Drake album experience from this point forward is officially like, you're definitely going to get the Drake, the kind of Drake songs you like on it, but you're not going to like the whole thing because too many people quotas need to meet. Right. It's like, it's all like, right, I got to do the petty women bashing ting. I got to do the timestamp ting. Yeah. You have to do like the fake, if you're reading like the two or three fake, like, you know, on this the like, contemporary Grammys. Right. Yeah, like the, whatever is popping in the climate musically. Trap Drake, basically like, got to do like three or four of those. You have to do, you know, like a straight up kind of pop record. And it's just every kind of box needs to be checked now. And, you know, we've seen how risks pay off for him. We saw the biggest charting song from his dance album be the, you know, the, the song he's break, made a million times. Essentially. Yeah, break glass in case of emergency in case nothing else takes off. We'll have this song on there. Yeah, you know, so this is definitely the beginning of that. Uh, you know, the other thing is actually the beginning of uh, talk about this now, I guess, because um, this was, if you recall, the album, the first album that I think I recorded in the Studio 40 built, uh, Soda, the state of the art sound, Soda Sound Studios. I got to say, and this is because I'm a stan, ever since I haven't been a fan of his mixes, and I hate to say it because 40s a goat, but there's something in his albums now where like... The goat what? The goat, uh, a goat engineer. He's a goat engineer. I usually he's love the, everything he does with sound. he's the sense. goat. Did I say that? He's the goat, yes. Pardon me, that's my, uh, that's he's my the goat. showing. He's, he's the goat engineer, you think? I mean, I'll go, I'll go. One of the greatest of all time. Can you be one of the greatest engineers of all time if you've been bad now for as long as you've been good? Well, here's the thing, though. You only mix for one guy. Well, it's not been 40 entirely since. And that's what I was going to get at. It's like you bring in this Noel and Drake, the bigger he gets, the more he's on the move. So he's like recording in hotel bathrooms and shit. His new mixes, like they have a muddiness and a roughness and a like peakiness. It's not like it used to be. They can... You, Summer sixteen, we mentioned in part one. That was the first joint where I'm like, "Who mixed this?" Like it's like he's. It sounds very bad. Uh, Scorpion isn't a goodly mixed album. Uh, with all that said, this song in particular has a great mix, uh, and I'm glad because the uh, well kind of instrumentation calls for it. You know, you don't want to. I think Mel pulled that goodly straight out of the Donald Trump book of words. <laughs> Well, you know, Drake is is a bigly presence now, and you know, so he can't really sit in studios. He did bigly with this album. This is the bigly Drake album. This is the bigly Drake album. You know, he improved his stature bigly, but this this is also the the last Drake album to come out before Donald Trump became president. And you know, I think that's a big part of the reason why. Mel likes this album so much, it brings him back to that time when he was on the Trump train. Absolutely not. And he was telling everyone within an earshot, like, this guy's going to win. You guys don't see it now, but, you know, I'm on the Trump train. You need to get on here. There's plenty of room. 
And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm going to get on the Trump train, all right. It's like I get on them trains in Red Dead Redemption 2, okay? This is a stick-up. Oh, what are you doing here? Get off the train, you idiot! <laughs> what? Jerry, I go to I go to do a an armed robbery of the Trump train, and Jerry Lawler's in there. Oh, brother. Yeah, he would be there, smiling, looking like a fucking Whoville. Take that bandana off your face, you damn criminal! You hoodlum! Yeah, no, I have no, obviously, bad faith moves. I wouldn't know no Trump train. And I don't actually have nostalgia for this time. I notice a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I missed the 2016 summer. I'm like, that whole year got tainted by what happened at the end. So, like, I. Summer of 2015 was live, but I can't say 2016 was at all. Yeah. Actually, nothing's been live since the summer of 2015. Yeah. Yeah. It's been very dead. Uh, But, you know, speaking of seasons, I guess we should acknowledge this. This album is loosely like going through the seasons, right? Like we start, we hear the wind. Yeah. It's winter. It's a little chilly out there. Um, yeah, I like Tetsuo that. Aspect and of youth, it. You know, <laughs> you just stolen youth. No, Tetsuo and you. Oh, Tet- oh, oh, that's another one. I mean, Hey, I, I, I came out what a year before he might've been influenced by that. We know Drake's a Lupe fan. Maybe he heard it and he, he borrowed that, but Drake, uh, the secret backpacker was in a meeting with Rick Ross, the secret backpacker thinking about what kind of, secret backpack things they're going to do together yeah of course it's funny when you think a nigga blew up after lupe you know but um yeah this song like i said i've discussed the stuff that but like why it is an eight for me is this music and the lines i connect to and and plus his performance like you already said you're so predictable i hate people like you kennedy Rhodes. something like all of that is great the lines like the Perfect verse alert, by the way, on verse two. That's the strongest one where, like, no lines really take me out of it. I think verse okay. three is the weakest just because nothing really hits me the way that anything in the first two do. Yeah, it is definitely the weakest verse. But it's like verse two. This is when the pettiness feels valid. There's bite. It's like, how are you supposed to figure out what I'm going through? You can't even figure out what's going on with you. You judge me before you met me. Yeah, figures. Like, it's great. Another quote, I make all the players anthems for the real niggas. Okay, I'm definitely not a player, but I always sang that with my chest. Um, psychotic Mel. I, I didn't uh, for multiple <laughs> reasons. Oh, well, yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I don't want you getting canceled. But um, was well, psychotic. I mean, I don't think cancellation is the first thing on my mind. No, yeah, surviving in a, in a you know, a, a probably gang-torn L.A. is the first thing on your mind. But not um, torn. Uh, is it not? Don't insult my gang, you fucking piece of shit. I'll fucking kill you, dude. <laughs> yeah, super thug moves, y'all. He's here. Uh, yeah, sorry. Sorry. I mean, uh, to talk crazy about your set. My bad. You can't see it. I'm throwing up the bees, though. Okay. Um, yeah, listen. I, I hate that I relate to this, but it's like someone up there must love must just love testing my patience. Someone up there must be in need of some entertainment. When I'm at my most psychotic moments and I'm questioning everything about all things, I love those lines. Um, yeah, and you know what? It's true that someone hit the drop, no? What drop? Bro, I'm a cartoon character, bro. <laughs> what, Vince Russo was booking my life? Yeah, because look, what does he say? He's looking down an entertainment, bro. Oh, God. Yeah, for him. If he's booking my life, then he's officially my mortal enemy. Bro, look at me. I'm a cartoon character. Get a load of this. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, 
Final line, I'm always connected to this. Forgiveness for your ways. If I ever loved you, I always love you. That's how I was raised. Love that line because I that's how I feel. But uh, it all comes together to be an eight. Eight minus. Love, yeah. But some people I used to like, I don't like them anymore. Oh, you can't like everybody forever. But like if there's been a degree of I will always have love for you, you know. So, but yeah, I like it a lot despite some of the lines sounding worse because of how great the music is. It's It's an eight. It's an eight. Uh, so yeah, this one's that. a shocker for me. It's an it's a flat eight for me, and it was not until this past week. Yeah. So final I wonder, note: Will nine change <laughs> next? <laughs> Before we go there, I just want a public service announcement to anybody hating Rad, okay, Mules and Mel. I just gotta say, it's like for real. Are you dumb? You know who mans are. I'm not afraid of no gal Galhart. <laughs> I'm not afraid of no Galhart, man. And I'm not afraid of no Catsy. And I'm not afraid of no waste suit neither. So anybody who want it can get it. Sefe. Whatever the fuck that nah, means. Nah, listen. Before they okay. gave the cat the sedatives earlier, I'm pretty sure you'd be scared of this catty. Okay? <laughs> he was hissing. He was scratching. Oh, he was man. He was acting a damn fool, embarrassing his father in front of all these medical professionals. <laughs> Well, yeah. Uh, I guess I should have kept the family closer. Oh, shit. Yeah, I guess so. Jesse, this is an anthem for reasons only you know, if you're listening. You should also, uh, someone who cares more than I do should do a Dominic Mysterio, Rey Mysterio edit to this. <laughs> I might just move those. I might make my The Fall of the Bloodline edit. With this uh, flip, I did. Yo, play that flaw. Play that flaw of the bloodline. <laughs> All right, folks. I, because I'm psychotic, I woke up in the middle of the night and a thought hit me. Inspiration hit me, and I made a quick. It's less of a beat and more of like a, 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 a instrumental art piece. But um, yeah, this is called the fall of the bloodline. I'm not gonna have to play the whole thing here, but you'll see quickly why I called it that. Um. <laughs> I'm going to make one of those like old school YouTube, like, uh, what is it? Um, what are they called? PM music where I'm like soundtracking clips anyway. Yeah. I flipped that a keeper. Okay. Um, because I realized that Drake says something that if you truncate, will sound like something else. And you got to think about this as like Roman Reigns sitting in the dark. Okay. This is what is playing in his head. Right, this is the fall of the bloodline. All right, here we go. Oos! <laughs> I turned Muse into Oos. Okay. Okay. You know he's surveying this. Okay. Okay. What am I gonna do about my? Fa- and of course, you know Sami Zayn comes in. You know, and he's gotta hit him with that. Uh, goddamn. It's all falling apart for him. And as you can imagine, there's more in the beat. Okay. Forced into submission. My dogs and I. I clipped every bloodline relevant line in that song and made an art piece. Okay. You'll 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 get it, folks, when I put together the clip show and, and upload it to YouTube. All right. What's the quote? I've seen the greatest minds of my generation. <laughs> yeah. You've been to I was crazy. What did Hamilton say in that song? Everybody. He was like talking to the engineer and he was like, whatever. Everybody know I'm crazy. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. You want to move on? 
I do. I mean, we if, we're, we do. if we're keeping this pace, get ready for the first 24-hour review. Nah, nah. We had to, you know, we're setting the stage, as we do. All right. We're setting uh, the damn stage. All right, well, let's move on. Oh, Track yeah, for two. the dog's oh, den. My dog. Oh, oh. <laughs> for the dog's den, you know. All right, here we go. Hey, it's Mel from Rap Rankings. To hear the full episode this clip comes from, as well as the other Patreon-exclusive content, head over to patreon.com slash raprankings. And please, if possible, consider giving us five stars on whichever podcast platform you're listening on to help us continue our journey as hip-hop's first and premier extreme podcast.